Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free. Get a hold of us on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels. You can track us down there. And uh, you can also find us. Uh, over on the Facebook fan page, go to facebook.com slash the Bill Michaels show. YouTube, simply youtube.com uh, slash Bill Michaels show. Uh, and then so many other facets. Uh, we're, we're, God, we're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We're on uh, YouTube, Twitch TV, Kick TV, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn TV. Got it. All that kind of stuff. All that kind of stuff. All right. This, if you are a Packers fan, you have to understand. You have to understand the importance of this game, not necessarily to the Packers, but the importance of this game to the Chicago Bears. Kyle Brandt uh, discussed Justin Fields and the need for Justin Fields and the Bears to win this game and talking about Justin Fields' future. I want you to listen to this. Take a listen. It's about two and a half minutes. Take a listen to this real quick. I'm tired of talking about Justin Fields. I want to talk to him. Justin, it doesn't matter what I want to happen with you, what any of us want, what anybody watching wants. Right now, it doesn't even matter what the Bears want. It matters what you want. I think you want to be a Chicago Bear for life. So do it. Get it. Grab it this weekend. It's right there. I am sick of reading about your landing spots. You could be a Raider. You could be a Falcon. To hell with that. You are an effing Chicago Bear, homegrown. There is no landing spot because you're not leaving. Not if you win Sunday against that team in that town. Something you understood way back in your very first ever mic'd up moment as a Bear. You got it. Who, who's your center of Ohio State? Josh Myers. What year was he? He's a, he's a senior. He was. Did he get drafted? To the wrong team. Who's that? Oh yeah. Well, we're happy for him on draft day. Then after that, he can become our enemy. Bears fans mm-hmm. loved it. Here's the problem. Josh Myers has been to the playoffs, and he's never lost to you. He got drafted by the right team, the team that you play this weekend. I think it's the biggest game of your life. I think it is a bigger game for the Bears than it is for the Packers. Green Bay wins. It determines their next few weeks. Chicago wins. It determines their next few years. You win. It determines your entire career. Justin. That team that traded up to draft you is going to grab some college kid to replace you. Doesn't that piss you off? Play like it. For a guy who usually says nothing, it is time to scream something. I am your quarterback. I am your leader. I am your present. I am your future. Take those draft picks and shove them or save them or trade them, but you're going to need them to build me an army so I can bring you a Super Bowl for the first time in almost 40 years, so I can give you a real franchise quarterback for the first time in over 100 years. Now, you go up there and you lose again, how can the Bears keep you? But you go burn Lambeau down, how can they not? Great moments are born from great opportunity. You can end two evils in one game. The Green Bay Packers season and the Justin Fields debate. Keep him. Help him. Pay him. Crown him. Justin, this is not your last game as a Bears player. 
It's your first game as a Bears legend. Woo! Strength and honor, you unleash hell. You got it? Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> that is how important this game is this weekend. We put a lot of stock into it because of the Packers going to the postseason. Packers are figuring out, you know, what they're what they what they are. But man, that's Kyle Brandt, by the way. Uh, that's over on his uh, Twitter account. If you want to watch it again, you can. But that's what. Look, Danny Parkins kind of said the same thing. Like this is it. You know, it's been since two thousand what fifteen since the Bears have won at Lambeau Field. They they just they can't beat the Packers. The Packers, it doesn't matter what they do. They just reload. They bring in banged-up guys. They Rodgers comes back from a, a a clavicle break, and Randall Cobb comes back, and they throw a deep pass over the top. They beat you with a couple of seconds remaining, and boom, the Packers still walk away winners and going to the postseason. It's just whatever the Bears have done, they have basically run into the wall of futility. And this is, Jordan, or, uh, this is Justin Fields' chance to knock that wall down. That's... To, to Chicago, that's what's riding on this game. That's how, that's how frustrated and important this is to Bears fans. That's, that's strong, man. That is strong. I'm glad I'm not a Bears fan. They're 7-9. and nine. If they win this right? weekend, they're 8-9. and nine. They're already out of the playoffs. Like, what? Right. I, I, get, you, I get what he's saying, but and, and that's, it's and The great point is that that kind of a speech, that kind of importance is being placed on this game to get back to a game under 500. Think about that. It's not about, you know, the rest of the season and this and that. It is about ending on a high note, the way they have played down the stretch, because they could win six of their last seven if they win this game. But it's more so about the first game of you becoming a legend, he says. The first game of you becoming a Bears legend and beating the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. The Packers, they're talking postseason. They're talking if they win this thing, then who are they lining up against a week uh, a week from Sunday? What are they going to do? And there's a lot riding on that. But this is about getting back to a game under 500. But all they care about is the legend beginning by beating the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> so... I'm kind of like, wow, that is uh that's that's quite the speech. Year three is a starter, by the way. So right, uh, well, okay, so it'll be what the sixth time. Sixth time sure. is the charm for Justin Fields. Yeah. this is just so. That's crazy. Not to not to be a jerk. Like I guess it was a funny speech. It was entertaining, but this is such loser behavior from such a loser fan base. I, this, okay, okay, Kyle Brandt, okay. Yeah, I, I guess it, you you are like swimming in the abyss of submediocrity, and you are looking for any life preserver you can grab onto, and that's it. And that, look, I I get it. You know, I remember growing up as a kid, man. It, it, every year, Cincinnati stunk. The Bengals weren't any good. And if all we could do was beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, Chuck Nolan, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh my God, my dad would do anything to get tickets to those games and take me to the game. And I'd sit out there in the cold, and all oh, you were a, a, a three-win team, a four-win team, a five-win team. You didn't care. All you wanted to do was beat the Steelers, you know. And then eventually you beat the Steelers, and then you start climbing up, you know. And if you ever knocked them off, oh my God, uh, it was like you know New Year's Eve every day. 
And I think that's where the Bears are at. It's like, God, we're, we, we've stunk since 85. We're just not that damn good. The one opportunity we did have getting to a Super Bowl, we lost in the rain down in Miami. And the other opportunity we had, we lost to the Packers in an NFC Championship game right here at Soldier Field. And forever, Packers fans are going to have that to hang over our head. Doesn't matter what we do from here on out. Unless we beat the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field in an NFC Championship game to go on and win a Super Bowl, they're still going to have that hanging over our head for the remainder of eternity until that changes, which it's not going to anytime soon. But that's that's where they're at. They're hanging on to this game like grim death. This is a determining factor in the in the direction of this franchise, big time. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot of importance to put on a game just to climb back to a game under 500. Holy crap. Uh, I got an email from our buddy Steve. He said, when you asked a question earlier about what did I learn in the uh, about the NFL, I approached this as more of a what did I learn about the Packers. I came up with the following five observations. Aaron Jones needs to be re-signed. He's a locker room guy and a hell of a running back. Goody has actually drafted pretty well the past couple of years. Even the last two third-rounders are starting to pan out, Sean Ryan and Tucker Craft, which that's true because this is this is where third-rounders came to die. And now you got to give it up for Goody. Tucker Kraft looks to be the real deal, and Sean Ryan's actually playing decent football. Uh, his drafting of Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, Zach Tom, Dontavian Wicks, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, the firepower is there, and it's starting to grow together. Defensively, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, the Valentine, Valentine boys, and uh, Carl Brooks and Kobe Wooden are solid players with a lot of speed and ball-hawking capability. That just has to come together. Three, Jordan Love has saved us from the BS. That was the Aaron Rodgers S show. As I mentioned uh, to you, I am uh, so ready to crown him the number three in a row, uh, yet he is trending in the right direction, and hopefully he's got a good head on his shoulder and his, and his ego is in check. Uh, number four, although he has taken his lumps, Matt LaFleur has proven to be a decent coach and developed Jordan Love, and his progress uh, continues. Uh, and then he says, number five, Joe Barry, regardless of what happens, I do not want to see the contract renewed. His play calling and defensive schemes are questionable at best, and uh, defensive players don't seem to respect him. Uh, he needs to be replaced. The game Sunday scares me, but if the Packers can stay away from offensive turnovers and minimize the penalties, uh, they're going to win a close one. Hopefully, Anders Carlson, if they win it on a last-second field goal, can actually hit it. He says 24-23, Packers get a win. If it's 24-23, I would be uh, with an Anders Carlson field goal splitting the uprights to send the Bears home packing again. On one hand, I don't want it to be that close. I don't think it should be that close. I think the Packers are a better team than that. But you talk about throwing a dagger into the heart of Bears fans, thinking they've won it at Lambeau Field only to have a last-second field goal by Anders Carlson, who's been sketchy at best, splitting the uprights to send the Packers to the postseason and send the Bears home with, again, a two-loss season against the Green Bay Packers. Oh, my God. <laughs> you talk about, uh, excuse me, the ultimate kick to the crotch. Whoa, that would be amazing if that actually transpired. So <laughs> I agree with you. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. hit us up, feel free. Go ahead and do so. Uh, when we come back, uh, we got some of Rich Bisaccia stuff because Rich Bisaccia met with the media. We're also going to hear from Joe Barry after the bottom of the hour. But Rich Bisaccia met with the media. And that's one thing. Special teams has kind of floated under the radar. And uh, I mentioned Anders Carlson. He hasn't always been the best. So Basaccia has uh, some answers and some things. To, and I know listening to coaches here in the last couple of segments may, uh, may not be great, but I want you to hear from Rich, and then I want you to hear from Joe Barry. Joe Barry coming off of a really good week for as much as we beat him up, a really good week. 
So uh, hang in there. Stay tuned. Got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up this portion of the program. Brought to you by our good friends over there at uh, Calderon Club in San Giorgio, downtown Milwaukee. If you're heading downtown for anything this weekend, whether it's a show, game, whatever, stop at a Calderon Club. Best Italian food you're going to stick in your grill or San Giorgio Pizzeria Napoletana. That place is awesome as well. Both places right next door to each other. 838 Old World 3rd Street, downtown Milwaukee, right across from the Hyatt. Huge supporters. They even send food with us sometimes out to a Super Bowl. Huge supporters of the program. Huge supporters of our trips to Super Bowl and all throughout the state of Wisconsin and beyond the borders as well. That's Calderon Club and San Giorgio. Great Italian food at Calderon Club. An unbelievably unique and incredible, authentic Napoletana Pizzeria San Giorgio right next door. Either place you cannot go wrong. More of the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show, we continue on. Good to have you, and uh, thanks for taking a listen to us today. We certainly appreciate it. Rich Basaccia, the um, the uh, special teams coach for the Green Bay Packers, met with the media, and they have not had a lot of success via special teams this season. Take a listen to what Rich Basaccia and the media had to say. Some challenges this week with <coughs> Chicago. Yeah. Um, well, you know, for me, it's, you know, I obviously met Iberflus and I were together for five years. I was with the linebacker coach for three I was with the D-line coach for four and so when you start watching the tape um, you can see the effect of Matt Eberflus's influence taking over the way they're taking the ball away on defense the way they're covering kicks um, I think we have a big challenge that the special teams coach there was in San Francisco for a long time um, he's come in here to Lambeau had some success and, and um, they blocked two kicks this year on your field goal rush team and so um, it'll be a big challenge it's a totally different team than we played the first week of the season, and, and we're a totally different team personnel-wise than what we played with down there in Chicago. So it'll be a big challenge. We're looking forward to it. Did you mention last week about how you guys lead the league in kickoff tackles inside the 20? I think you had a couple on Sunday night. Do you consider it a good night for the kickoff coverage unit or not because there was the one big one that day? Well, I, know we, I actually thought we played well you know, on kickoff. And the big one, we actually had two missed tackles on it. And we had one guy really free on it. And, and um, we did a poor job on that one. I didn't really like the one before the half either. You know, I think if those guys had a chance to play that one over, they would as well. So, but I, again, um, yeah, I thought we played well, but we're always wanting to want the two back that we didn't play good enough on. So, but and this will be a you know there'll be weather conditions here that um, should get uh, some returns during the course of the game, and hopefully we can do a little bit better job on all of them. Was Jamie Reed in his right to um, make that fair catch signal late? Can he do that, or is that considered? Yeah, he can. He has the right to fair catch it at any time, really. And um, so, you know, I, I really can't talk about it. Obviously, talk about officiating. I think the thing that we've talked to him about is get your hand up over the top of your head, and just you know, I'd like it to be a little bit sooner, make a little bit of a quicker decision than that. Um, 
I think the first time we played Minnesota, he kind of gave a fair catch and then he ran with the ball, you know. So, um, you know, he's a young guy and, and I think he's trying to make a play all the time. But to your point, he has the right to make a fair catch basically at any time. Um, I'd like to see him get his hand a little bit higher to make it a little cleaner for the official and uh, for him to be a little bit safer as well. Even he's been banged up a little bit and been a big part of the offense. Do you need to find others who can help you, especially with Samari out? No, I think it's, you know, again, obviously Samari now is out, but it's, it'll still be him and Keyshawn, you know, and, and Romero's always uh, been back there. Romeo's always been back there for us as well in practice, so I feel good about who we have going into the game. Another missed extra point last week. Is there, I've kind of beaten the dead horse here, but is there anything you can do to get that strike out? Yeah, I realize he's bounced back after him, too. We're working on it. We missed it. So I think we made the field goal. I was pretty happy about that. What happened on the, um, on the fumble punt? Did you want him to just fair catch that no matter what, or were you okay with him trying to? Well, we put the safe out there. It was fourth and three, and it was the, the turn of the, the quarter right there. So I would have loved for him to fair catch. He felt like he was in position to make a play. I didn't think it was a very good decision, and and um, now we've lost him, you know. So, uh, but the bottom line is he's got to catch it, right? We've been through that before. Um, we didn't do a good job really on the outside on the gunner out there, and we were playing the fake on the outside, and then we just kind of let him run free, which we shouldn't have. But uh, it was a little bit of a perfect storm. But yeah, we'd like to fair catch if he felt like it was a good chance to fair catch. Anytime you get hit with a a deep ball like that, those guys sometimes think they got a chance to make a big play, you know, and it got to him in a hurry. Um, he just got to catch the ball. You know, we've been through this. Keyshawn drops one in the in the giant game, and I know uh, Jalen dropped one early in the year that he ended up getting back. So um, it's problematic when they don't do it well. It's really good when they do it well. So we'd love to have caught the ball. Rich, was the snap okay on the extra point that was missed? The snap was good enough. Rich, so for the season... He's what? He's missed 10 Say kicks. Say it please. For the season, he's missed, what, 10 kicks now? Five extra points, five kicks. Oh, no. I think I got him at 58 of 68. That's 85%. When you take the 30,000-foot view of that for a rookie kicker who's going to have some ups and downs, what do you think of that? Yeah, again, I think we went into the season knowing that we're going to, you know, we're going to ride him. And um, regardless of the percentage, he's improving. He's getting better. Um, he's getting better every week on his kickoffs. And, you know, we've been pretty happy with some of the field goal opportunities we've had and what we've done with them. So would we like to clean up those PATs a little bit? And I've had a conversation with people that, um, you know, when the ball's on the two and you go for a two-point conversion, I'd like to know what the percentage rate is for getting those, right? So it's a 33-yard field goal, although it's called a PAT. Um, so we'd like to clean that up and get a little bit uh, higher percentage in that, uh, depending on, you know, what the percentage rates are. But um, I think we're making progress every day with him. That was my point in including them all in one group there is that it is a longer kick. I'm curious, how does he handle the ups and downs? We know how you handle his ups and downs. How do you think he's handled them? Yeah, I think he handles them better than me, you know. And um, I think one of the reasons we liked him, again, going back to we've obviously known him for a while, but his mental makeup, you know, his mental toughness, his ability to overcome a bad play and then have another good play and then his ability to overcome a good play and hopefully have, you know, two good plays in a row. I think you have to ask him how he personally handles it, but I think what we see in practice is a guy that's trying to get better all the time. And what we've seen in games is he's come back and hit some pretty significant field goals after missing a PAT or, you know, I think uh, in the before the half of the, was it the first minute? 
Minnesota game? Here, right, we had a chance for the half, and he missed it, and they were off sides, and he came back, and no two in a row, he ends up making it. So he's been through a lot of different situations. I go back to the Atlanta situation. You know, we end up getting a delay, and, and, you know, the awareness process, I think, has gotten better with him and with Daniel as well. You know, they're both rookie players, and, and um, you know, every day seems to be a new challenge of something else that comes up in a game or in a practice, and we'd like to think we're progressing towards getting better all, all the time. You know, along those lines, um, like New England's rookie is having a rough year. Um, he's not the only one. So is there something about being a rookie that it's hard to make kicks, and then where does that year – why do they generally improve – Year two. Well, I, I, you know, I don't know. I've been around a bunch of rookies, and I think we had the question when we took honors, you know, would you rather um, get a guy off of somebody else's team when he gets cut having a lot of problems or have the guy yourself and try to work through some of the problems? I think we're excited about the direction that he's going in. I think we think he's improving all the time, and I really don't know what's going on or kept up, kept up with much of the other kickers unless we're playing against them. And, uh, again, I think we'd love to clean up the PATs. We'd love to keep – you know, getting a little bit more consistent in everything we do, but I think we're pleased with the direction he's going in at this point. I guess the question is, do kickers typically typically get better at year one to year two, and, and if so, why would that be where? I, you know, we, I've been through where kickers had really tremendous first years, and the second year they had a second year slump, right? So I think they're all different. You treat them all different and, um, you know, kind of see what kind of progress we can make as each day goes on. Rich, I know you enjoy my big picture questions. Um, I'm curious, you've been in this league a long time. I don't know if there's been many teams that you've been on the staff of that had such a young offense like this team did with so many young guys and a first-year starter at quarterback. You, you see Matt every day. You see how he handles it. It seems like he's kind of unlocked whatever it was that needed to get these guys to play to their potential offensively. How do you think he's handled this year? Because this doesn't seem like an easy year to handle for a established coach with so many young guys to kind of get up to speed. I don't know. If, what's the question, actually, in that whole thing? What's the? Um, I guess my question is, he admitted that he was probably conservative with Jordan and these guys early in the year. And he kind of has let it rip a little bit in terms of play calling to give them opportunities to make more plays. I'm wondering how you've seen him working with them every day develop from maybe being conservative to seeing what he needed to see and give these guys a chance to be successful like they have. Yeah, well, you know, my short time with, with Coach LaFleur, I, I think he's, you know, he's a mingler. I mean, he's around the players all the time. He's around all the, the defensive players um, throughout stretch. He's around the offensive players, obviously, um, a tremendous amount of time. I know he has a I believe he has a great working relationship with Jordan. I think you can see it. They talk on the bus a bunch before games. They talk on the bus a bunch um, on bus one after games. His team meetings, I think he's to the point. He's exact. Um, I think he does a great job with the practice schedule, whether he mixes it up or keeps it the same. Or, you know, I think he does a great job of um, talking to the perceived leaders on the team, you know, that he perceives to be leaders and has conversations with them and gets guys going in the right direction. And so I, I enjoy being around him. I enjoy the direction that he puts the coaches in. I enjoy the direction that he puts the team in. And I think it's, it's done on a daily basis. Um, he's always got a bounce in his step. He's always a positive influence throughout the building with all of us. And I see the same thing with the players on, you know, really on all three sides of the ball. There you go. That's Rich Bisacci, a special teams coach and a coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. A lot uh, that he kind of went over, but a familiarity 
because of the coaching styles and the coaching staff and the history and such between him, Eberflus, and the Chicago Bears. And, uh, you know, obviously Anders Carlson's going to be a topic of conversation, whether it's the process, whether it's the hold, or whether it's just a guy that's just missed more than a few times. He, uh, you got that. You've got the fumbles that have happened, the miscues on the return game. There's been a lot to, to, that's been left to desire, so to speak, for the special teams for the uh, Green Bay Packers this season, and that's Rich Passaccia. Um, I, when you say to the world quite often, I don't know, at some point people got to go, you got to figure that out, man. That's what you're being paid to do, right? Can't keep saying, I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, let's do this. Speaking of, I don't know, uh, the guy that has been ridiculed, criticized heavily, uh, this season, you're going to hear from, from Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator coming off of what I would consider to be their best defensive performance of the season what we just witnessed up in Minneapolis. I could be wrong, but I I think it's probably their best defensive performance. So we're going to talk about that and listen to Joe Barry. That's coming up next on the Bill Michaels Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back as we round out our week. Packers getting ready for the Bears coming up on Sunday. Lambeau Field. Packers, we all know, winning you're in. Bears just trying to knock them off. Do what Detroit did to them last year. And uh, as we heard a little while ago, trying to uh, reestablish or at least begin some kind of a legacy for Justin Fields uh, in Chicago. If indeed, excuse me, if indeed he's able to pull off the, uh, the victory and uh, to knock off the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay for the first time since 2015. Joe Barry is the guy that's standing in the way. How does that make you feel, huh? Here's Joe Barry talking to the media. Take a listen. What's the challenge with with Fields with his running ability? And then you also got to, I guess maybe it's a little bit like last week to some extent, but between the running back or the running ability of the quarterback, but also the big play receiver. Yeah. Um, well, I'll start with Fields. Um, incredible talent. You know, I, th- I think. You know, it's been the age-old, age-old problem with uh, with with mobile quarterbacks. You know, you you have the the perfect rush or the perfect pressure, or the perfect coverage, um, and then guys that are able just to create things with their feet. Um, and he is he's every time we play against him, I, I uh, I'm shocked at how how big in stature he is. So, um, big athlete that can run around and. Uh, um, it's, it's something that you have to take in, you have to account for every single play. Um, and then obviously with them getting number two, um, he's really, uh, um, obviously we played against him the first week of the season, but just to see how he's kind of just fit into that offense as the, as the weeks and months of the season have gone on, um, you know, had, had a huge game against Atlanta last week. So, um, he's a problem. Pressure. I imagine the equation of what makes it perfect might change with a guy like Fields that can do those things with his feet. Yeah. What do you tell you guys up front in terms of what this this is what the perfect pressure this yeah. week looks like? It's a great question. I mean, we it's it's something that we've had to preach all week because um, you just have to stay alive with this guy constantly, um, and you got to be conscious of obviously your rush lane, but then 
you know, feeling your buddy with his rush lane and, and playing off him at times. Um, you know, the, the play's never over with this guy, literally. Um, you know, there, there's countless examples that we've seen um, where you're like, oh, they sacked him. Oh, my gosh, they didn't sack him. He's still alive, you know, running for 20 yards. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an element of his game that is something you've got to be conscious of every single play, definitely every single time they drop back and throw the ball. Um, but then equal, they do, a, they do a great job with all the quarterback design runs um, where he actually is a running back. So um, does a great job. It's going to sound like a dumb question, but um, obviously no, Jair, no, 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 no. Uh, just dumb people. Uh, Jair's obviously dealt with a lot of injuries, and, and I think he would admit that it hasn't been his best performance when he has been healthy enough to play. How easy of a decision is it now that he's back to say you're just back starting given how CB and CB have kind of stepped up this year? Yeah, we're, I mean, we're literally taking it day by day. And one thing I will say is that it's um, – Jaw's been phenomenal this week. He really has. And uh, it's, it's you know, still Jair Alexander. When you, when you get him back in the building and, and back with the, with the potential of the availability, um, it's just a great – it's great to have him just here and, and with us and, and back in the fold. Um, but I, I – uh, I'm, I, ja, ja, like I said, he, he has been really, really great this week. And it's been uh, just been awesome having him back in the building on, on Wednesday and Thursday. Joe, what did you think of what Corey gave you, you know, with considering the turnaround and Eric not being available to, to be able to have the performance that he did against Yeah, you know, uh, you know consistency is, a, is, you know, the truest measure of performance is, is consistency. And, uh, you know, I, I think – just to have a guy like CB, um, same thing with, with the job that Eric Wilson had to come in and do. Um, those guys are, you know, I really tip my hat off to them. Just, just staying ready, being, you know, they, they never know when their moment's going to get called upon. Um, obviously, CB knew that he was going to, you know, start and play a lot. Um, but just the, the way he competed and the way he played, um, I mean, just just a true professional, and uh, I'm, I'm, he 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 was he was a stud for us on uh, on Sunday in, in Minnesota. Some of the guys in the locker room talk about their desire to be aggressive, and certainly you were aggressive on Sunday night against the Vikings. How, what how do you process that with depending on the opponent, and kind of calling a game like that when it is that kind of aggressiveness? And when you're maybe more zone, more more, more off, but what, what, how, how do you process when? What is the right time for that? Yeah, you know, I, I think I've talked to you guys before. Every single game is different. You know, um, it's you know who the offensive line is, who's the quarterback playing. Um, you know, last week it was dealing with you know number eighteen and number three. Um, this week it's dealing with number two. You know, so and then they have a you know I think Cole is a is a you know, one of the one of the elite tight ends in this league. So every single week is different, um, and I think it's just feel. You gotta you gotta you know pick the right time, pick the right spot. Um, but obviously, what makes this week subtly different is you know the mobility of the quarterback. Um, so I, I think all all those things kind of factor in. I don't think it's just one. You say, hey, this is the time that you that you you call a pressure. This is the time that you play coverage. 
Um, I think it's the feel of the game, but it, it all factors into um, the personnel that you're going against. And, you know, this week's going to be completely different than last week from a personnel standpoint. How much of that, though, is kind of the baseline? No matter who the opponent is, we're going to attack and we're going to be aggressive. And how much of that is, okay, there's a certain opponent, we, we have to not have that mentality. Yeah. Well, I, I, I like to, you know, I, I, a lot of people think that you're just attacking when you're, you know, bringing X amount of people in the rush. Um, you know, we talk about our play style all the time, and I think we have a physical um, get-after-you mindset with our play style. It doesn't mean – a call doesn't set your play style. Play style should be, you know, whether it's first down, second down, third down, should be whether you're playing coverage, zone coverage, man coverage, or it should be if you're pressuring. Um, the, the mindset and the play style should be just a way that we play every single snap. Joe, it was obviously Quay's second ejection this time last year in another win and in game. Matt talked earlier today about that play in the Carolina game where he kind of gets shoved and he doesn't retaliate. In terms of that aspect, just how he handles himself, maybe his temper, that was a problem last year. How have you seen him grow over the last year? Well, you know, I, I think Quay is a um, – he's an emotional guy. He's high, he, he plays the game, um, you know, and, and I think we all appreciate his play style. Um, but emotion, I think, plays a huge factor in, in, in every player's, um, you know, mindset and play style. But Quay's specifically, he plays a full tilt, full speed, physical – brand of football all the time and it, it is very emotional and um, I think within that a, a lot of players you know they're right on the brink of crossing the line all the time especially when you know some shenanigans happen and uh, you know I think you know I, I definitely don't want to look in the rearview mirror and, and review the past from last year but I do think a, a young guy and Quay's still a young guy I think he's growing and learning every single play that he plays in this league uh, but he learned a lot from last year, and I think in moments when he can cross the line, he steps back and says, okay, let's just go back to the huddle and, and get my mind right. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's times that every, all of us in this room, we don't even witness how many times that that potentially could happen in, a, you know, a 65-play NFL football game with all the stuff that, that takes place you know, in the pile and on the ground and uh, all the stuff that's being talked back and forth. Um, but I think that's just part of the, the, the constant learning and evolution and growing that specifically Quay has, has done in going from year one to year two. Joe, I know it's, it's hard to make the playoffs in any circumstance, but if you can do it with a young team, um, what does that mean for that group both now and then, you know, going forward that they might have that in their back pocket, having done it once. Yeah, you know, I, I think that'd be great. I mean, our, our truly our mindset this week, we, uh, you know, I'd be lying to you if it's not on everyone's mind. Um, but our mindset literally is just, you know, thinking about going and winning our ninth game. Now, the, the, the cherry on the top is that if we do get our ninth win, we get to continue. Um, but our, our mindset and our focus and our goal yesterday was to have a great Wednesday uh, in preparation to go win the football game. That was our goal today, and tomorrow we'll come in here. We'll call it Fast Friday. Um, just have the best Friday that we've had of the year um, to help us, you know,
get ready to go play our best game. Your run defenses are on hot and cold, but the last three games has been really strong. What do you like about that? And then what's the challenge with Herbers, who had, a, had two back-to-back good games? Yeah, um, I've always thought that kid's a, a heck of the back. You know, even when in years past when, you know, Montgomery's been there, um, you know, got a, got a lot of respect for him as a runner. I think they do a great job with him, even in the passing game, the screen game. Um, but just their scheme alone, you know, I think it's not only Herbert, you know, 23's done a great job, 21's come in and done a great job carrying the ball. Um, and then obviously all the things that we've already talked about with, with, with Justin. Um, but, you know, they do a great job running the ball. They really do. With no, no matter what kind of aspect they use, whether it's conventional runs, quarterback design runs, um, I think they've done a great job of getting, you know, their receivers, whether it's, you know, we've already talked about uh, number two, but whether it's it's number 12 in, in fly sweeps and all those things, um, they challenge you on the perimeter. Uh, you know, they can line up and smash ball and do all those things as well. So, um, you know, they're second in the league in rushing for a reason. So it's going to be a, a great challenge for us. Um, but... I think the consistent part of it, I think that's, that's the thing that I'm looking for. We, we've been consistent pretty, pretty good here the last couple of weeks. So um, that, that, that's the challenge this week is having a team that is good running the ball, wants to run the ball, and let's go. The challenge is let's go stop it and, and knock it out. Going back to Jair, we see so little of, of his interactions internally within the building. We interview him once a week, and that's it. He even said yesterday that, Probably be a little more serious in interviews now, and yeah. he certainly was. He said it's, it's been great to have him back, but obviously he, he was suspended for a reason. What's been the difference that you've noticed? What, what has been great with him this week that has been different maybe than before? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to get into all those things with, with with within the inner walls of our you know of our building and our and our locker room and our our practice facility, but um, you know, I, I think. Guys do things sometimes that, you know, they maybe wish they, they wouldn't have. Um, I mean, every single one of us in here have made mistakes, you know. Um, I just, the, the thing that I am most proud of with, with Jair, um, that had to be hard on him, you know, what, what he went through last week. And uh, he came in and didn't flinch. And like I, like I keep saying, he's been, uh, he really, I mean, Jao's been great. My whole, my, my whole time with him. But um, for what he went through, to be able to come in and just, just respond and come back in the building and, uh, and be a pro and be a leader, um, you know, I, I, I looked at pre-practice today. He's over there doing footwork drills with, with Carrington Valentine. You know, just things like that I think are, are pretty cool when you see a veteran guy, um, even, even though he went through some hard times. He came back to work yesterday and today and has, has been a true pro. There you go. That's Joe Barry. Interesting stuff there about Jair, too. And it seems like all is right with the world right now coming off of the performance that the defense had in Minneapolis. But one more big task at hand before they can say they're officially in the postseason. Let's do this. We're going to step out, take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up. That is coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Stay tuned. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
One final segment before we uh, we get off to the weekend. Hopefully your weekend's going to be an eventful one. I know we're all going to be sitting down and checking out the game on Sunday. Just a reminder, Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill out in Pewaukee. Tomorrow they start the meat raffles. The meat raffles and the ice fisheries. Uh, tomorrow it is the Rolling Thunder meat raffle. And then Saturday the 13th, it's the Badgerlands uh, Ski Show meat raffle. The 20th, it's Lunkers Unlimited, Huntem and Hook'em coming up. Uh, they got so much more. There, there's a whole bunch of meat raffles that they do, and they raise money for so many different charities and so many different needy uh, entities in the area. But that's Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill. Always a reason to go there. The great food. Ryan and his staff give you great service, but they also do a lot for community entities. So if you can make it out to Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill, the meat raffles kick off this weekend, this weekend, uh, right there on Pewaukee Lake. Great time. And if you're going to head out and watch the Packers game, it's another good place to go, without a doubt. We will be a reminder live from uh, uh, Burkle's One Block Over uh, up in Green Bay uh, coming up on Sunday. I'll be doing some social media walking into the stadium, as we always do, and we'll be giving you top-to-bottom coverage of the Packers taking on the Chicago Bears on Sunday and giving you all the analysis after the fact. Mike Clements will be uh, over inside Lambeau Field afterwards as well. And we're all going to be back getting your uh, getting your thought. Uh, Mike says we never got a mouse update. Sorry about that, Mike. Uh, as far I did have the uh, uh, Badger Pest Control come back over. That's who uh, was doing it. They came back over. They uh, have found that uh, the mice that were in the house apparently have eaten the bait, and they gone. So I have not seen any droppings. I have not seen any dead mice. We have not smelled them in the walls. Uh, they did find an area where they thought they might be coming in. But as far as the mice go in the house, uh, it has been mice-free, which has made me sleep a lot better at night. i got to be honest with you. Grant, what do you got coming up this weekend, man? What are you doing? Not a whole lot. I'm just laying low. Like, we <laughs> had a really busy weekend with New Year's. I just think we're going to lay around. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Watch some now, movies. Now, are you coming to Milwaukee, some... I, 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 I saw? Yeah. By the way, I have some cables for you for your studio. Do you want me to drop them off okay. tonight? I can bring them yeah, by. Yeah, swing by the house on the way. Yeah. I, I should. I might be here. I might not, depending on what time you get through here. But, yeah, we got uh, some people coming over for dinner. But come on by. Give you a spaghetti and some meatballs to take to you and Rachel. Well, I can just, you know, if you're not around, I can leave whatever. And I got some cord. I don't know what any of your home studio, I don't know how any of your things work, but I know I have some things that yeah. I'm supposed to bring to you. So I'll okay. bring them by. Yeah, we got all kinds of stuff we're kind of working on here. But yeah, come on by. Come on. By. If you want to bring Rachel, come on over. We got dinner tonight. We got we got a few people coming over and some uh, some clients for Kristen. And I made more than enough spaghetti meatballs. So if you want it, come on by. And if not, just drop it off and there you have it. You make a pretty good spaghetti and meatballs, I bet. I bet you serve a uh, It is. It is. Yes. When I when I make it, I people start to give me orders for it. Yes, it's it's been pretty good. I'll say if 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 not, I'll save you some. Give it to you tomorrow and pick it up on pick it up on Saturday. But we'll we'll get you some, and then you tell me. Then you tell me. All homemade from scratch too. By the way, spent last evening making all that stuff. You know what I did last night because I needed it to cool. I taped down the lid of the pot and put it on the bar and the tiki bar. I just let it sit outside because it was 28 <laughs> degrees last night. That's what I did. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, that's going to do it. A reminder, we got uh, the Green and Gold postgame show immediately following the game. Coming up on Sunday, we'll be at Burkle's one block over, and uh, hopefully we're talking about a Packers win. Until then, time for us to go. Have a good one. See you.